one of the things I noticed is that EMDR is a highly sought after modality um, because of how popular it's becoming, but also like the amount of research behind it. And I think um, people are wanting to work on issues at the root versus taking a pill and kind of doing that thing. So I'm, I'm noticing a bigger influx of people wanting EMDR, people seeing how well it works. And then of course that, that spreading by word of mouth and getting more clients. So for me, it's just been like amazing in the practice and instrumental in getting more clients to the practice. On this episode of the Compassion Works Way, we'll hear Jordan speak to Danielle Mendez. Danielle is a licensed professional counselor in Texas and a national certified counselor through the National Board for Certified Counselors. She is a certified trauma and resilience practitioner through Star Commonwealth and also a sex and love addiction therapist through ITAP. Danielle is trained in eye movement desensitization therapy, also known as EMDR, and trauma-focused cognitive behavioral therapy. Danielle also offers immigration evaluations to clients who have a legal necessity for them. Danielle is the owner of The Hour Therapy based out of Houston, Texas. She's passionate about providing clients with a fresh, unbiased space that cultivates growth, understanding, and support. Danielle serves clients from diverse backgrounds and provides quality, cross-culturally informed therapy to adults and adolescents. In this episode, Danielle shares how EMDR has changed her private practice and aided her clients on their healing journey. Danielle obtained her EMDR training through Compassion Works. If you're interested in EMDR training with Compassion Works, visit our website, CompassionWorks.com. You can also learn more about Danielle by visiting her practice website, www.thehourtherapy.com. Now let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Compassion Works Way, featuring insightful discussions, inspiring stories, and expert interviews on mental health, building your practice, and personal and professional growth. This show is brought to you by Compassion Works, your hub for therapists, mental health professionals, and seekers of holistic healing. Your host, Jordan Schaefer, founder of Compassion Works and licensed EMDR therapist. Together, we'll create a world where compassion and understanding transform lives. Compassion Works, empowering therapists and transforming lives. Now let's get into the episode. Okay, so let's talk about what you're doing with EMDR. So you, and you've been doing EMDR for, you've been a counselor for five years and EMDR for About two or so. Two, two years, a little more yep. than two. And you're beginning to be certified. So what, um, what, what were you doing before EMDR? What kind of counseling, that kind of thing? Um, a lot of just basic CBT and person-centered. I noticed a lot of trauma in the people that I was seeing. And so I was like, what else can I do to help people, right? Because the last thing I want to do is re-traumatize a person. And then, of course, I talked about EMDR a little bit in school, but I was like, this sounds like something that's really awesome. And then, of course, all the research behind it makes it that much better, that it, it in fact works. So having that extra concrete tool that I can use. It's just been amazing. Okay. And then now you're in private practice and you're also, uh, tell me the other organization. Uh, I'm a nonprofit. I work at Catholic Charities. Oh, you work at Catholic Charities, a nonprofit. Yes, sir. With uh, adolescents, right? Yes, unaccompanied minors coming unaccompanied from. Minors. Oh, oh. Mm-hmm. Well, we could talk about that. So, so were you doing that when you started taking the EMDR? Training? When did you decide? I took EMDR training and then got into that maybe a few months later. Oh, I see. Well, I guess the overriding question is really how did EMDR change your practice and what you're doing? 
Sure. So for me, one of the things I noticed is that EMDR is a highly sought after modality um, because of how popular it's becoming, but also like the amount of research behind it. And I think um, people are wanting to work on issues at the root versus taking a pill and kind of doing that thing. So I'm, I'm noticing a bigger influx of people wanting EMDR, people seeing how well it works. And then of course that, that spreading by word of mouth and getting more clients. So for me, it's just been like amazing in the practice and instrumental in getting more clients to the practice. Well, so you went from doing, I guess, client-centered talk therapies and then CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, to now you're you're doing EMDR, right? Does it change the way yes. you do the hit, get the client history and what you learn about clients? Or yeah, one of the things I really liked. Um, and I, I'm not sure if we got it in the training or I got it from the book, but Francine's um, questionnaire for EMDR, I really like it because it talks about like what was going on in your family. Um, you know, have you had ne- negative experience with police, anything with race, anything with religion? So those are things that I don't think other intakes really touch on, but EMDR does. Um, I also like how it talks about like attachment, right? Like what was your relationship like with family then? What is, what is it like now? So gathering all of that information has really helped me create like treatment plan and where I'm going, whether it's going to be themes or specific targets. So for me, that intake is basically what I use and I add a thing here or there, but I like how thorough that is for sure. Okay. Did you, did you copy it from the book and then use it or read from it or how do you use it? Just know it. Yeah, I have, um, I had a document and then I incorporated it into my simple practice as like a template. So oh, that's what I use for intake. Well, and that is different. That's a good idea. We really don't touch on that in the training. We talk about history taking, but, but a lot of times you ask people, uh, trainees, if they took a good history or history and they'll say yes. But then when you really get down to it, they don't really know mm-hmm. what happened in the family. They don't really know what happened if there was a divorce, what happened after the divorce or those exactly. kind of situational things. And then the processing, uh, how long do you see clients or how long do you see them before you do EMDR? What's your typical? Uh, so for me, um, it kind of depends on the client. So if I have an adult client that has like a single, you know, adult kind of trauma, then I just straight into prep and then we start. But if it's somebody that I find has complex trauma, especially involving childhood, then I'm like, okay, we need to take it slower. We need to really emphasize um, the prep work and resourcing and then process. So it kind of depends single or, you know, not complex versus complex. And if okay. it is, then I take time to be sure that I'm doing everything right. And then are most people turn out to be complex? I mean, it's, it's unusual just to have a single incident trauma person. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So that's the other thing I'm finding. The I feel like since I started as an intern in school, almost every population I've worked with has high incidences and complex trauma. And so EMDR kind of just fits super well into that. And I'm also working on getting um, my CSAT as well to be a certified sex addiction therapist. And a lot of trauma in that. So those two re- work really well together that I'm finding. But you're right. I feel like most people, if not all, have some kind of trauma that have manifested in some kind of mental health issue. 
And really what we're saying by trauma, I guess we think about it, is life experiences that highly activated their nervous system mm-hmm. beyond mm-hmm. the point of being able to manage it in that moment. And then that gets carried forward as as a symptom, really, or a life experience. Exactly. Is that exactly. how you'd characterize trauma? That was pretty good. Think about it. Yeah, we should to copyright that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, because, you know, we talk about trauma, 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 but what is that really, right? And it can look mm-hmm. a lot, lot different with different people. And then how about the um, stabilization piece, preparation phase? What? Um, how much do you focus on that? Or Yes. So for preparation, um, one of the things I like to do and that I really find is helpful with EMDR is like you said, the calming down of the nervous system. So a lot of times I'm finding people are like, well, I've never done meditation. I'm not sure if that's something I can do. My brain doesn't ever really let me not think about X, Y, Z. So really teaching them to be in touch with the body. I think, I'm not sure if it was you in our training, but we did the exercise where it's like, close your eyes. Okay. Now feel your right foot on the floor. Okay. Now let's feel the left. And what's the difference between the two? So I think people that have had a lot of trauma or complex in their lifetime, the brain does the thing where to protect the body, we disconnect from it. So I really like how EMDR sets the groundwork for reconnecting the body to the brain. And then once I do that and I'm like, okay, person is able to ground themselves to stabilize in and out of session. Now we can move forward. So I really like that piece because it's somatic and it's awesome. But I think, yeah, it wasn't really called that. But the more I learned, the more I'm like, this is really important before you move forward. Yeah, it's a diagnostic. You're saying it's a way, it's kind of a diagnostic tool. It's a way to let you know if they're, if they're ready for EMDR or not, if they can do that, or ready mm-hmm. for the EMDR process. I guess it's all, yes, all yeah. the EMDR. Yeah, I don't know which training did you take. It was your yours. Yeah, it was of twenty one. Where yes. where was it? it was, oh, it was virtual. It was virtual. Oh, it was an online. Okay, and then well, that's uh, probably probably Jose Carvajal did. Well, how did you feel about the online training? You got did you get what you needed from that? Do you think? Oh yeah, hundred percent. I loved the training. So one of the things you guys offer that others don't is the 10 hours of consult after. I feel like that is super helpful in, you know, like, okay, now you're like swim, but you're making sure that we're good as we are swimming and continuing. So that was really helpful for me. Okay. Was Amber your consultant during the training or somebody else? I think she did a few, but it was like you schedule with who's available, but she definitely was one. And I was like, I really like this lady. I want her to be my supervisor. Oh, okay. this, so. Well, talk about deciding mm-hmm. to become a, you, you've decided to become certified in EMDR. Yes. Why yes. or what, what, how'd that come about? So I, like I said, I feel like EMDR has gained popularity. And I think there are a lot of therapists that are trained, but there are even less of us that are certified. And for me, I'm building my practice and my clientele, both CSAT and non, like I want to be able to offer that extra knowledge, extra, you know, supervision that maybe other colleagues have not gotten. So for me, the more I do this, the more I learn. Um, 
I'm reading Jim Knight's EMDR toolbox and again, learning a ton more. And so for me, I'm like, I love this, this field. I love learning about this. I love that it's science-based and research-based. So it's probably something that I will pursue further and possibly become supervisor. So. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about your work with the uh, unaccompanied minors? I mean, that seems like really important. Sure. Yes. So um, I no longer see them because I'm the supervisor. So I manage a team of clinicians, five clinicians. But before when I was a clinician, again, you're hearing and seeing a lot of trauma, childhood and reason for coming to the US, US or the journey on the way to the US. I didn't really use it with them. And the reason why is because the goal in the shelter is to get them reunified with family. So a kid could be in the shelter for a week, five days, months, we don't know. So for me, it would be unethical to like start something that I would not really be sure if I could finish. Does that make sense? Sure. But I never really used it with that. Well, are they still, were we still having more and more unaccompanied minors? Was there a time when it was, is it always there or does it ebb and flow? How does that go? Kind of ebb and flow, like depending on changing, uh, changes of law or admin or political unrest in certain countries. We always have kids in the shelter, but sometimes there are more, sometimes there are less. So it kind of depends on what's happening at our border, if that makes sense, too. And by unaccompanied means they are, they didn't come across with their parents. Yes, no adult, them by themselves. No adult. Were you there during the time when uh, when they were being separated from parents, or is that? That, uh, that was before. Oh, that was before me. Well, in terms of uh, EMDR, any any uh, client experiences that stand out or is particular particularly good or, or particularly frustrating? I would say good. I feel like one of the ones that I think about to this day. Um, I was helping a gentleman process like current anxiety and, and things like that. And in processing, we actually figured out um, that he was a, a victim of sexual abuse of a child. And so I think discovering that in the middle of processing was just, you know, there were a lot of emotions around that for both of us, I think, like amazed, shocked, you know, just all of it. But the fact that I was like, wow, this thing really brought forth this memory that he was not even aware of, that his brain completely like locked away and was like, we're not touching. We got to that in session. So for me, like I'm getting chills just talking about right now. So for me, the fact that something can be that powerful and that useful is just, it blows my mind. So for me, that was one of the most amazing and like very cool experiences that I've had with EMDR and how effective it can be. Well, and so this this speaks to the idea you can get a history, but you may not in the first two or three meetings, but you may not get the whole history. And what I'm hearing exactly. you say is during the processing, he had a memory or so come out about being sexually abused in some way. Mm-hmm. Then how did you proceed with that? I mean, did you did it take a few meetings to, to work with that or... What, what do you do? Yes. So after um, that session, we brought it to surface. We kind of both, you know, processed together like, okay, so this did happen. And let's continue to process the memories around that. And from that time, and we were able to process completely. 
Um, but yeah, it took, it definitely took a few. It wasn't like a one and done because of how intense it was. And you're kind of mixing the word process. So, so I think, so, so you did talk about it after it happened, after you've learned about it, right? And then you did yes, EMDR yes. processing yes. on different memories around it. Is that what you were saying there? Yes, sir. Yeah, that's the words process, right? Like yeah, right. therapist process. I learned process. that a long yeah. time ago. Mix those up. <laughs> You talk about it though. You you don't just ignore it, but then also you then do EMDR processing on specific memories around that, and yes, that can take yes. more than one or two times. What you're saying? Yes. The more we, you know, processed, the more we figured there was to process. So. Yeah. There you go. How did it change his life? Do you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. So um, there were some other childhood memories of like parental verbal abuse and things like that, that made him very anxious at work. Um, A lot of negative cognitions around, oh, I'm not good enough. People are out to get me. A lot of self-hate talk. And so after we did processing for a few months, he was now able to be very insightful, not just about himself and how he was feeling, but about the people around him. So very much like, oh, okay, well, he must be having a bad day if he's behaving this way towards me. It's not me. It's something he or she is dealing with. Mm-hmm. So just a complete shift in like how he interacts with others and then much more insightful in, in himself. Because again, there was definitely a disconnect between brain and body with him as well. It was just suppress, suppress, suppress. I'm fine. But then in processing, figuring out, okay, well, there are these things that I need to process. And so a huge shift in how he functioned, um, not just at work, but day to day as well. And trying to be a better father for his kids because he was able to be emotionally available now. Yeah, people come in for anxiety. And if we don't get hung, if we don't get distracted by that, whatever that means, and really start working at a deeper level with them, it can unfold what's underneath that anxiety or those feelings. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess that got better for him, not as anxious. Oh, yeah, 100%. And I do think from seeing therapists do this in the training, uh, you know, remember the difficult client where you processed the time when you had a client that triggered you in the, in the EMDR training? Mm-hmm. The, doing, seeing a lot of therapists do that, what... What I think I've seen is that somehow when we're with, engaged with someone who's triggering us, like a coworker or whatever, that our brains kind of overlap. We're not really clear they're there and I'm here. And somehow the EMDR processing allows me to get my neurons on my side of the fence and them to have theirs on their side of the fence. And you, you get clarity on that. And so that's what I'm hearing happen with his coworkers. Is it wasn't mm-hmm. so much he could clear see clearly it wasn't him. He got clarity on that. Yes, yes, definitely. I have, I have heard people talk people talk about um afraid they would lose clients because of EMDR because it's so quick. But really what you're saying the processing helps uncover the processing. Yeah. I feel like it's hard to have a beginning and an end. 
I mean, like you said, we're so complex and it's hard for one, you know, most people don't have just one thing, right? The more you dig, the more you find. So yeah, I feel like I kind of feel the opposite. I feel like EMDR can help you keep clients for a little bit longer. Um, the other thing that I completely, you know, slipped my mind until supervision with Amber was future template. That's something that anybody can use, whether they have trauma or not. So again, I think EMDR is much more powerful than just the past. It can also help present and future as well. So there's so much you can do with EMDR. Okay. So you're doing some of that. Do you do mm-hmm. what EMDR processing with people that really don't have trauma? What's your take on that one? Yeah. I mean, I've done future with people that don't have, you know, big T's, I would say. Um, but again, struggling with anxiety or social anxiety, post COVID, that kind of thing, public speaking. So I've done some of that. And yeah, I've done future without, you know, them having any past trauma, any big or at least that I know of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And, and by trauma, we mean uh, activating events that are stuck in, in, exactly. in the big brain. Okay. So well, let's see, to, to recap it, I guess EMDR gave you a method to work from that you felt was effective in a strategy and approach. And what yes. you, were, you were seeing a lot of people, people with complex trauma with, and you felt like you needed more uh, training in it or ability to work with complex trauma. And so you feel like the EMDR training did give you that. Yes, definitely, a hundred percent. I would do it a hundred more times if I could. Now, are you taking any other kinds of trainings? What what else have you focused on? Yes. Um, so I've done my certified trauma and resilience resilience practitioner training. Also, a lot of um, somatic kind of interventions, and then I'm also working on my CSAT as well, certified sex addiction therapist training through ITAP. Um, possibly, maybe we'll do some somatic SEI in the future and or hypnotism because I, I hear hypnotism is really good for helping clients that dissociate, um, helping to bring them back. That's something that Amber has put in my head. So oh, really? Oh, that would help me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I did take a CSAT, one of the first CSAT trainings. They, they weren't really into EMDR in those days. Are, are they encouraging mm-hmm. it? Still aren't? Or is it? Uh, they talk about it. They, they, they definitely talk about it. And um, most, a lot of the, ther- not a lot, I would say like maybe a quarter of them already have EMDR training and or are wanting to do it because of, you know, the high trauma content that sometimes comes with addiction. Sure. Okay. 